Well, the Nashville Predators' epic November homestand continues tonight with a home date against the Minnesota Wild. We got our scouting report of the Minnesota Wild, a couple things the Preds absolutely need to do to win, and what would you like to see John Hines do with the line combos tonight? We'll talk about it today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free Nashville Predators podcast. That's available to you on all platforms and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com and wingitmotown.com and i have a partner in crime you do i am ann kimmel i'm a writer and editor at insidethepreds.com it's gonna take a while to just add in a, another whenever there's a resume change i feel like it just sounds weird for what two three weeks or two, something three weeks. Like i know but it's so exciting i love 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 that you're doing this because i know how much detroit red wings have meant to you but yeah. I want no divided loyalties when we face off, my friend. I will keep you in yeah. check. I'll do like the what like the Amon Ross St. Brown family thing where they have like half one yes. jersey and half the other jersey. Yeah. Uh, just need to find it, it's I, I don't really want to tear uh $170 fanatics <laughs> jersey in half, much less two of them. That's uh, true. But who knows? Maybe maybe there's somebody on Etsy that can do a half and half jersey somewhere. Work a little magic. Work a little magic. Uh, you know who should work a little magic? The Nashville Predators. Uh, as we mentioned, they're in the middle of an epic homestand. There's eight games left in November. Seven of them are going to be at Bridgestone Arena. And it kicks off tonight with a very important Central Division game against the Minnesota Wild. These are two teams a lot of people had kind of thought were maybe battle for second place in the division. So far, these are two teams that have kind of struggled to get out of the gate. It is an 8 o'clock puck drop at Bridgestone Arena. Uh, and yeah, and uh, anytime you see a Central Division opponent on the on the schedule, it just feels like you need to bring a little extra oomph to get ready for this game. Yes, you do, especially Minnesota, because it feels like Minnesota and Nashville kind of have this weird relationship, like they're from a really small rural school. And so you're always swapping girlfriends and boyfriends, you know, because their rosters, they have swapped so many people. So there's a little something, something. There's a little something, especially with the Minnesota Wild. But in the Central Division, let's face it, both these teams need Central Division wins because this is not at all when we looked, you know, we did a an episode before the season started where we looked at the schedule. And honestly, looking at this first game between Minnesota and the Nashville Predators, this is not at all what I imagined these teams would look like or where they would have been. Like you said, I really felt like Minnesota and Nashville were going to be in that top tier of the central division, kind of battling it out even this early in the season. And that has not exactly been what's happened. 
in yeah. case anybody was wondering. Minnesota has had their own kind of rocky up and down time trying to get their feet under them. And so, you know, tonight could be interesting. Yeah, you know, the thing for Minnesota is it seems like a lot of the people they were banking on having big seasons uh, haven't done so, or they've been hurt. They lost Ryan yeah. in nine games into the season, and he was having, you know, a pretty fairly decent start to the year. Um, Jordan Greenway, who a lot of people thought he was going to kind of step up, he's ready for that, you know, top six role. Uh, he's only played a couple of games because of injury this year. They're missing Brandon Duhame, who's kind of – their version of Tanner Janot, just a scrappy in the middle of everything type of player. So they are missing some people, uh, but you know, you, they still have Matt Dumba who hasn't looked great on either end of the ice. Uh, they still have Jared Spurgeon, who a lot of people think one of the best defensemen in the NHL, uh, his offensive side of his game hasn't quite been there yet this season. Um, you know, another other than Carl uh, Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello, there's not a lot of people you look at in this lineup and be like, oh, yeah, this is their red hot. And that's part mm -hmm. of the problem was they have a lot of guys uh, that you as a wild fan would want to have stepped up this year. And so far, you know, again, we'll give the same caveat that we give to the Nashville Predators are only a handful of games into a 82 game season, but it just hasn't been there yet for Minnesota. Yeah, and one of the players you and I talked about um, when we were talking about who may be a Central Division standout, we talked about Matt Boldy. This was one of those players where we're like, okay, this is going to be his year. And again, early in the season, um, he's got six goals, five assists. But I think we're still kind of waiting to see that, like, and you know, the Angela Lansbury gif where she just kind of makes this grand entrance in a fur and, like, opens her arms like we're waiting for his that Matt Boldy moment but it has not happened quite yet and let's hope like put it off another 24 hours Matt we are in no rush so don't 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 do it tonight I, I would have gone um my fair lady when she comes down the staircase oh yeah that's also good but you know what there is something I am such a huge fan I'm really into gifts or gifs what do you say gifts or gifs gifs Gifts. Okay. Yeah, well, it's look, not, it's not peanut butter, Ann. I don't feel like it is either, but I've been corrected by people younger than me. And so there's only a few things I defer to the youth on. And this is one of them. <laughs> well, look, if, if there's a group of people that are right about everything, it's the youth. So <laughs> I mean, give me. We were just talking about that, weren't yeah. we? <laughs> There's a very long uh, hockey, hockey related, hockey related. Uh, off camera thing between Ann and I uh, that will be in a future episode. Don't worry, we will yeah. talk about it. You guys yeah. are not going to miss the butt of the joke. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the thing that stands out for the Minnesota Wild is you talk about their team identity. Mm -hmm. um, and their team identity was always kind of built around solid defense and goaltending. And uh, it, it hasn't quite been there this year. You know, Marc-Andre Fleury, they brought him back. A 905 save percentage with one shutout, which, you know, is fine. Mm -hmm. Better than UC Saro's start this season. Uh, but it, it's not that kind of it, the goaltending that is going to steal, right. you know, steal games and, and to keep you in games you shouldn't be in down the stretch. Um it's it's just like that's that's one of those things. Uh, the wild just it, it it seems like very basic. Like it just doesn't seem like they've been able to find ways to win. 
You know, like, yes. you know what I mean? And that's like, yes, it, it sounds like a very basic oversimplification. Uh, but like take the other night, for instance, you know, they were up to nothing mm-hmm. on San Jose and then wound up losing in the shootout. You know, they couldn't find a way to kind of hold it together. Um, and, you know, we talked about the Preds kind of being that same way, too. You know, they, they go out, they have these big stretches, but can't score. And then, you know, one or two things goes wrong. Um, and that's, you know, that kind of seems to be where both these teams are. It's just, you know, can we just can one thing go right? Like, yes. like we've talked about this before. Not everything is going to go right over the course of a 60 minute game, you're not going to look from minute one to minute 60 and be like the Preds dominated every single every second. There's going yes. to be stretches where they're going to make a mistake or they're going to make a bad play or the other team is going to make a big push. So, but at the same time, it's like, can you do enough when the momentum's going your way to tilt the game and quell that momentum enough, keep that other, those other stretches down to a minimum. And it just seems like that's kind of where both teams are. Neither team has been able to do that this season. Yes. So I'm going to read you a quote from a coach and this could be John Hines. This could be Dean Evison. could be either one, but listen to this quote and tell me how it fits both scenarios. I hate to say you get what you deserve or whatever, but we got what we asked for tonight. I don't know any other way to describe it. It was a dumb loss. We played so East West, so cute, not straightforward, all the cliches. We didn't deserve to win that hockey game tonight. That was Dean Evison after the San Jose Sharks loss. But could those words not come out of John Hines' mouth as well after several of the Predators' losses? I mean, you if know. those came out of John Hines's mouth, we would have a week's worth of episodes based on that <laughs> one soundbite. So I would remember if John Hines if said. John Hines said that. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's the like you said, it's the very it's a very similar scenario where you get kind of caught up in your mistakes and you can't find a way to flip the switch and work your way right out of them. We've seen that with Nashville, where they'll have a period where they give up. Oh, I don't know, four goals. You know, and and so really good the rest of the game, but looked great the rest of the game. It's those pockets of disaster. And Minnesota has wrestled with those as well. So tonight is is going to be an interesting matchup between two teams that have struggled and two teams that are really desperate to start racking up some central division points. Going to be fun. Hopefully, dear God, let it be fun. Let's let's wait till the final score to determine whether or not uh, that's true. Exist. Uh, let's talk about what the Preds need to do to win this game, shall we? We'll do that in just one second. But first, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, esports, and of course, hockey. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like your friendly neighborhood Lockdown Predators podcast, Bet Online has plenty of those to listen to as well. You can get cut off on all the props, odds, and lines on every game, players to watch, players to pick, uh, matchups that go in their favor. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to Bet Online today. Check them out online or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
All right, and let's talk about some keys to the game for the Nashville Predators tonight. It is a big central division game, mm-hmm. one that you think the Preds probably would want to have. Probably one would hope. Probably need to have. Let's just say need to have it tonight. Need to have. Let's uh, just at least, call at it. Least, at least a point. Yes. At least a point. I feel like that would be a good thing. Um, what's one thing you think the Nashville Predators need to do to accomplish that tonight? All right. Stop me. If you've heard this before, go ahead and stop me. You've heard this before. <laughs> Stay out of the penalty box. Stop. Y'all. stop. <laughs> I oh, know. Okay. We, okay. We have time to fill. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. Stay out of the penalty box. Um, and Nashville got very lucky in their last game committed. They had five, uh, they gave up five power play opportunities. They got very lucky and look, Nashville has a really good penalty kill. So I shouldn't say luck. They have a very good penalty kill. But Minnesota's uh, power play right now is at 24%. This is a power play that can score. And here's the thing that I find most alarming about it. It's not just a successful power play. It's how they do it because we have seen teams score on the power play against Nashville with that really quick cross-ice pass to a little one-timer that is almost impossible to defend. So... You know, my advice is call me crazy. Just stay out of the box. You know, don't don't even give it a chance. You know, they have Kirill Kaprizov has five power play goals. Zuccarello has four power play goals. Like this is a team that has a power play that looks like what we wish Nashville Predators power play looked like. So you just there are no snacks in the sin bin. There is not a snack. There is just a water bottle and you can get the same beverage at the bench and like 20 seconds so i'm gonna need you to stop yeah minnesota as you mentioned really good power play um Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things obviously it goes through caprizov but they got guys on that first unit like matt zuccarello who is a veteran uh, a speedy player a headsy player really good at kind of finding soft spots on the ice and setting teammates up there um and yeah so i mean this is this is a dangerous team jared spurgeon on the points got a big shot mm-hmm. you know, just hasn't quite been there this season so there's a lot that can go wrong for the nashville predators shorthanded uh i will say a little bit better this year than last year predators 11th most penalized team in the nhl as opposed to last year where they were first by far <laughs> do you do you feel Anne, mm-hmm. like maybe the predators are getting more disciplined during games I, you know what, I think they are because you aren't seeing quite as many YOLO penalties. The other thing that I will say, and I noticed this with one particular player uh, the other day, and that is Michael McCarron. Michael McCarron, you know, he had, he had himself some penalties. Now he was no Mark Borowiecki or Tanner Janot last year. We can't all be that guy. But there were definitely some penalties last year that Michael McCarron would take and you were like, dude. Or, you know, he would get a roughing penalty or, uh, you know, just one of those penalties where you're like, oh, step too far, big guy. Now you cost us. And I noticed even in the other game, he was jawing and he was kind of, you know, correcting some things and having a a warm conversation with an opponent, uh, an opponent. But he was very smart because it was one of those times where I'm like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. You're going to cost us. And he did not engage. And so, like, I see a little bit more of that, a little bit more restraint. I think as Nashville 
starts playing with a little bit more speed, some of the other penalties hopefully will disappear. But it's not been quite as painful. Mm. But let's just not do it at all. I don't. That's my. I don't know. That's my take on it. Yeah, there, there's they're cutting down on the dumb penalties for sure. Mm-hmm. It feels like yeah. next is like the careless penalties. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's just like yeah. the like the other night the Jeremy Lazan high stick. You know that the, the whole rough. minor. Uh, although it did lead to a great moment, which is a four-minute uh, penalty kill. Penalty kill, so which was, was incredible. Fun. But but those are the, those are the things you're gonna like stare up. It's like the stick penalties that are caused just because you don't know where your stick is, or just yeah. kind of blindly throw it in the middle of that. Um, that's I yeah. feel like the next area to clean up. And again, like if you take three, four, like three penalties a game, maybe four, something like that. But it's like in the course of a play. Like, you know, you're fighting for a, for a loose puck and the other guy mm-hmm. just happens to fall over your stick or something like that. Or, you know, you're, the other guy has an edge on you, so you need to take a hooking call to kind of fight him off. I get that, especially in the context of this team. Uh, I do think it's interesting what you said. Like, if they speed, like, if they pick up their speed a little bit, if they play a little bit faster, maybe you don't need to make those penalties but I feel yeah. like that's also a whole separate conversation. That's a whole other podcast. Home. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but I agree. Um, that's, yeah. that's certainly a big thing to watch. And what um, is one of your keys? Like what do the predators need to do to, to get the upper hand tonight? I, I think they need to keep the slot clear. And again, this is another stop me. If you've heard this one before, come on, uh, still a lot of kind of second and third chances right around uh, the Predators and that uh, a lot of teams are able to walk in kind of set up kind of below the circles on some of these plays, you know, threes on three on two odd man chances or, uh, you know, puck puck on net uh, Saros or Lincoln and, you know, nobody's there to kind of clear the rebound. And all of a sudden the other team's got a great second chance opportunity, or, you know, there's one or two plays where just, you know, a player kind of broke in on net and took the free ice. That to me, you're going to help your goaltender. Whoever's in net tonight, I would assume it's going to be UC Saros. I would assume, you, but you want to help them out as much mm-hmm. as possible. And the more the Preds can keep a lot of the pressure to the outside, like you know, force the other team to get frustrated and just start throwing stuff on net from outside the circles from the blue line, you'll take those chances all day. Yes. And look, and, and like we said, you're not going to play perfect the entire 60 minutes. Other teams are probably going to get some great chances right around the net. There's probably going to be some opportunities for rebounds. Clean those up. That's the big thing for this Preds defense is when those chances do happen, make sure it's one chance. You know, yes. If there's a rebound, knock it out. We saw a couple of those late in play. A great play by uh, Yuso Parsonen late in the game where there's a rebound mm-hmm. that came right in front. Didn't try to do too much with it. Just kind of poked it out towards the corner and kind of reset the play. Those are exactly the type of heads-up plays I think the Predators need, especially against the Minnesota Wild. Because we mentioned Carl Kaprizov, he's a hawk, man. He is going to be yes. circling that net. He is going to be looking for any chance to get into open space right in front of the net you got to clean up defensively. You got to tighten up and you got to limit the other team to one chance. Hmm. Offensively, who needs to step up offensively? You know what? I am going off the board a little bit. I'm going to say Tanner Janot, Anne. Oh, interesting. To me, to me, like 
you know, we've seen some plays in, in recent years. Like uh, we've we've talked tonight about you know, like Roman Yossi not having quite the start he did last year. You know, Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne, that's starting to heat up a little bit again, but not quite where it needs to be. But the biggest difference to me from this year to last year is you look at the herd line. And it seems like last year, whenever the Preds needed a big goal, and mm-hmm. it was always the herd line. It was also it was always Yakov Trenin or Tanner Janot who came up with like a big play that kind of shifted the momentum of the game. And it just hasn't quite been there this season. Tanner Janot only four points in fifteen games, only three goals this season. Uh, Yakov Trenin only four points in fourteen games this season, uh, and then Colton Sissons only three assists this season. He hasn't found the score sheet yet. So that line, you know, that had, you know, that's kind of a big thing for Nashville's success last year is, yeah, they had this dynamic first line and they had Ryan Johansson who had a breakthrough year or, you know, a kind of Mm -hmm. a rebound year. Yeah. But they also had depth scoring. Like that third line, that herd line, you can throw out there in any situation and expect them to get a big game. And that just hasn't been there yet this season. So to me, I want to see those guys get going. And no matter who is on, you know, your line, Mm -hmm. bottom six lines, we're going to talk about that in just one second. But whoever's on there, you need to see more consistent scoring from your bottom six. Got it the other night when Mark Jankowski scored. Uh, yes. so we've seen some pretty big goals at times this year from Cole Smith of all people. Um, you know, Jankowski's done it a couple times. Somebody has to be, you know, step up and be a consistent scoring threat in that bottom six for the Preds to get back on track this year. And we're going to talk about who we think may be the person to do that. We're going to talk about lines because let's face it, it's like the hot topic in Smashville so far this season is lines and line combinations. We're going to dig into where we would see people, where we would set people. We're going to do that in just a minute. But first, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our great friends at Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. You can order your Simply Safe system for half off off today and then enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report. This is their third year in a row. In an emergency, they have 24-7 professional monitoring agents who use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that a threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, every window, every door. They have HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and they have hazard sensors that detect things like fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Simply Safe has 24/7 professional monitoring service and it costs less than a dollar a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, you can stay in complete control of your system anytime 
from anywhere. You can arm or disarm, you can unlock your home for a guest, you can access your cameras, or you can adjust your system settings from your phone. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system we recommend. You can get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/lockedonnhl. This is their biggest discount of the year so you don't want to wait. That's simplysafe.com/lockedonnhl. There is no safe like Simply Safe. All right, and so we had hinted about it. Because mm-hmm. lines are always a source of fun. Something. Something. They, they always draw a reaction. Let's say that. Let's say that yes. in a nice sort of way. So yes. let's uh, let's talk about lines. Mm-hmm. We full disclosure. Uh, quick yes or no. Do you think we're going to see any line changes tonight after the two one win? I. I would be surprised. I think we'll probably see. I think John Hines generally, if if uh, lines are operating well, he tends to go with them. So I would be surprised to see any line changes tonight. Yeah, given, you know, there may be one or two players you switch out, but given uh, how some of those players played uh, against mm-hmm. New York, I, I, I don't think we're going to see any changes tonight. But let's talk moving forward. You and I are the head coach. John Hines yeah, is, we are. Is, is taking the night off. Uh, he is He's on a date night. He put us in charge. We get control of the line combinations. And yep. with this with this group, with the group that the Preds have available tonight, mm-hmm. what would you do with the line combinations? Oh, I really do like this question. I love the power. So here's yeah. what I would say. I love the power. Um, here's what I would say. I would not do a ton of changes. I would absolutely 100% keep Yuso Parson in with Mikhail Granlin and Philip Forsberg. That is the most important thing, I think. Second most important, I would keep Matt Duchesne with Nita Ryder and Johansson. And here is why. John Hines was asked yesterday about Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne has had a little bit of a slow start. You know I love Matt Duchesne. Um, but he has had a, a little bit of a slow start out of the gate, hard, kind of a hard time getting his game going, just not getting as many chances. And John Hines talked about one of the reasons or one of the things that he wants to get going for Duchesne is getting him playing a game of speed more. When he plays a faster game, when he skates quicker, when it's a kind of a north-south thing, he tends to give himself more opportunities. This is something that John Hines has said about Ryan Johansson as well, that, you know, Ryan Johansson, when he skates, when he skates with speed, he opens up opportunities for him. And, you know, you've seen that in some of these plays that Johansson has had where, you know, they're in a transition and somebody ends up with the puck kind of on the perimeter of the offensive zone. And all of a sudden you see Ryan Johansson streaking down the slot Bada bing, bada boom, you know? So I really think that there is something to be said as much as I love you so personally, and I love him with Forsberg and Granlin because, you know, I think he fits there. I think he creates well and all that. I most love the opportunity to get Matt Duchesne with Johansson and Nita Ryder because those three need to play a little bit faster game. And if those three can get going, that's a line I'm all about. I'm all over that like flies on stink. 
So yeah. if you're talking my top six, I would stay where you're at and I would just maybe, you know, put their pants on fire when it comes to Johansson, Nita Ryder and Duchesne. Just toast their buns, make them speed. Yeah, the thing I like about Duchesne on that second line is it gives them a finisher, like a, a mm. legitimate finisher. You know, Nino Niederreiter, we talked about him, plays a little bit of a different style of game, more of a, you know, clean up the loose ends in front of the net, kind of force people into plays. So Ryan Johansson, that was his problem last year with Conan uh, and uh, Tolvanen, didn't really have that guy that he can make plays for that would just, you know, get it and rip it. Matthew right. Shane's that guy. He is a 43 goal scorer. He can find the net. So I think giving him, you know, kind of balances out that line. Forsberg, you know, up front, he's obviously that guy for that top line. You know, he's got Michael Granlund setting him up and you. So Parson now another guy that can kind of help facilitate plays. So I think that's a good balance on that top line. It's going to be interesting to like talk about the bottom six, though, because like we said, we just talked about it. there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been going quite right mm -hmm. in that bottom six. So here's what I would do, Anne. Okay. I would shake things up a little bit. Okay. I you would tell. give the bottom six a different identity. Move them away from both lines. Have to be this gritty, angry, hockey kind of line. Mm -hmm. And maybe add a little more speed. A little more finesse. So I would bring Cody Glass back into the fold. I would put him on that second or that third line. I would put him with Tanner Janot on one wing. Mm -hmm. And hear me out on this. Mark Jankowski on the other wing. And you can actually move Glass and Jankowski side to side. Because I think Mark Jankowski, say what you will about him, he's kind of earned his spot in he the has. game he's played so far this year. And look, he's a big guy, you know, six foot three. I think a lot of people look at that and be like, oh, here's another one of David Poyle's tall boys again. Um, <laughs> but he does have, you know, a little bit of a touch. He's got some NHL experience. Uh, he was on a scoring heater in Milwaukee. Yes. We know that doesn't always translate to solid NHL play, but more so he's got a very good 200 foot game. And we talked about maybe that's one of the things that John Hines doesn't quite like about Cody glass is that, you know, he maybe doesn't have that 200 foot game yet, but Mark Jankowski does. And Tanner, Janot, you know, slow start to the season. He's proven he does. So yes. if you're putting two guys, you know, who are defensively responsible into, a, you know, next to a guy that you want to see develop more of a 200 foot game. And both of those guys are capable based on their past of, you know, getting hot scoring, being able to finish plays. I think that's going to help Cody Glass and Cody Glass, fantastic playmaker, fantastic driver. He can be what Tanner Janot needs to be get, get going. He mm -hmm. can maybe help Mark Jankowski find a second spot or whoever you want to put up there. I, I think that works. I'm, I am intrigued by this. And I do like what you're saying about sort of balancing that out. I think that opens up some opportunity for Cody Glass and takes some of the pressure off of you have to fit this certain thing. I think it would open up opportunities for Cody Glass to kind of play a little bit more of his game. 
So what would you do with this? What would you do with the fourth line? Because the fourth line is the fun. I mean, this is the line that it's like, you know, Forrest Gump, you never know what you're going to get. So what would you, what would you do? Yeah. So, you know, Colton Sissons at center, I think Colton Sissons Mm -hmm. is your perfect fourth line center because he's a guy that can play up or down the lineup. True. Um, But you also, you know, you don't need to rely on him for 25 minutes a game like you did a couple times last year. You can put it out there in any situation, you know, shorthanded, all that, and just have him there when you need him. But you don't have to rely on him. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it it sounds like we're going to be without Yakov Trenin for a while. If Yakov Trenin is back, I think you put him with Sissons. The thing about Yakov Trenin, you know, very good run last year, 17 goals. Um, I just haven't kind of seen that same consistency this year. And I do think there are concerns about maybe him playing a 200-foot game also. Um, his defensively just hasn't quite been there, as my dog chimes in in the background. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty agreed. Between him with Sissons in kind mm-hmm. of, you know, the 12, 13-minute-a-night role, you know, limited five on five, that kind of thing. Put him out there when you need some energy, when you need like, you know, maybe a little bit of grit in yes. an offensive zone face off to force some things. Um, maybe that's, that's the direction you go with there. And now as for that other winger, Anne, mm-hmm. we have Michael McCarron in the fold. Yeah. We have Cole Smith in the fold. We do. We have Ellie Tolvin in the fold. There we, yep. I want you to answer this question. Out of oh. those three, I who, picked the top six because it was fit? easy. <laughs> who do you think is the best fit in that bottom three or that that last role for that last line based on what I describe, assuming Yakov Trenin is healthy? If you have Sissons and Trenin, here is I'm very torn by this, but here's what I would go with now. And and I'm going to explain all of this because the, I need a fat caveat on this. I would go Ellie Tolvanen because I think that Colton Sissons is great at creating a lot of play making opportunities that Ellie Tolvanen is more likely to finish on than Michael McCarron. So I would go Ellie Tolvanen. Having said that, and we talked about this on plus minus yesterday, Michael McCarron is being disrespected. <laughs> And I think Michael McCarron has, he contributes a lot to this team. I know he is not um, a star player. I know he's somebody that a lot of people are like, oh, his best stat is, you know, his height and all of this. Look, Michael McCarron gets it done. So I'm not benching him because I don't think that he contributes because he does. I really, though, would be interested to see what Colton Sissons, Yakov Trenin, and Ellie Tolvanen could unlock. So for me, I would lean towards Tolvanen. And I also think that Tolvanen is responsible, you know, defensively for the most part, too. I think he has a pretty good 200-foot game with a little bit more offensive upside. John Hines doesn't think so, but nope, sure doesn't. But he's off yeah. on a date, baby. We're in charge. Yeah. Can we talk about Cole Smith for a second? Because yes. Here's my thing on Cole Smith. We talked about this a little bit before the show too. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Cole Smith. Yes. As a player, I think he has done some pretty good things with the Nashville Predators. I think a lot of the the fan vitriol is that he's getting chances. He's got much longer leash 
than some of these other players like Cody mm-hmm. Glass or Ellie Tolvanen. And I think where a lot of the what's all this about, it, it's coming from the fact that, you know, Cole Smith will go out there and have a bad game or be like super ineffective or invisible in a game. And then he'll still be back out there the next night, like almost mm-hmm. automatic. Um, whereas, you know, Cody Glass will have, you know, a bad shift or a quiet shift. And then he'll disappear for the rest of the game. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Uh, so I think that's where a lot of the what's all this then mm-hmm. is from. I feel like I need to say that more in a British accent. But <laughs> Cole Smith is is fine as yes. a player. Um, he's like, you know, Nick Cousins from last year. You know, you put him out there when you need to put him out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think with the roster the Preds have, I think you need to kind of question why some other players, younger players, you know, are, are seemingly, you know, make one, you know, have one off shift and, and they're done for the night. Whereas, you know, Cole Smith can be kind of invisible during an entire game and still be out there the next game, even, you know, moving up in the lineup a little bit, getting more ice time. Um, you know, he's certainly played himself out of bad games. He's followed some bad games with some pretty solid performances, followed this with some couple performances. So it's just, you know, imagine if Cody glass had that same kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, trust from your coach, that same sort of confidence. Yes. That to me, I think is with a Cole Smith conundrum at the moment. Yes. And, and I agree. And I think a lot of fans feel like, look, if you are going to give grace, give grace in the process of developing a young player and, you know, so I think that's where it is, but I agree with you. I think there's an extra dose of Cole Smith, you know, Ben Harperism going on. And I, you know, everybody might want to just take it down a notch. A little bit different with that. Uh, Was it though? I mean, I mean, look, look, everybody who snarked about Ben Harper probably also can't skate backwards. So this is my point. Like (laughs) y'all, y'all check yourselves, like check yourselves in the mirror. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that is, that is an intriguing note uh, to end on. There you go. Let's, let's say it like that. Um, again, puck drop tonight is at seven o'clock central time, eight o'clock Eastern time. Uh, the Preds take on the Minnesota Wild at Bridgestone arena. Again, one of seven home games for the national predators over the next eight games, all in the month of November. So if you can't go see him tonight, you got plenty of opportunity coming up to do just that. And of course we'll be back with recap tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. And where can the people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at onthefourcheck.com. And starting uh, this week, wingitinmotown.com as well. You can also follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Also be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore predators uh whatever platform you're listening to us on amazon spotify apple be sure you subscribe and if you like what you hear drop us a rating drop us a nice five star rating so other fans can find this if you're watching this on youtube be sure to subscribe and hit the bell notification so you'll always be the first to know 
when we have new content. That's going to do it for us here on the Locked On at Predators podcast. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back with an all-new recap episode tomorrow. We'll see you then.